the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Welcome in. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, invested in more. The S&P 500 is playing with 5,000. You can already go in order. I was there when the S&P 500 hit 5,000, and all I got was this stupid T-shirt. That's all it is. It's a big round number. With that said, it's an exciting big round number. We all remember where we were when the S&P 500 hit 4,000, when the S&P 500 hit 3,000, when the S&P 500 hit 2,500 and 2,000. Actually, probably none of us remember that. But yet we still get excited by big round numbers. And they tend to trigger a little bit of a sell-off once we hold them. We go below them, 5 10% sometimes. And then we rally back and take out that number and hold it a second time. Again, that's just my history. It's not science. Today, we're getting some leadership that says we want the S&P 500 to close at 5,000. Not just hit it, not just break through it, but close above it. Microsoft, Apple, Alphabet, NVIDIA, Amazon, Meta, Eli Lilly. And for old times sake, Tesla, all are moving higher. And they basically are the S&P 500. Some weakness in some secondary names in tech, Expedia and Pinterest, as as well as Take-Two Interactive. All of them reported really good things about the future, but some short-term problems. Expedia is changing the CEO, and they said they're seeing some softening in hotel prices and softening in uh, car rentals. Pinterest had a very good quarter on a year-over-year number, and yet they showed a little bit of softness, and they showed how they're going to fix it, and yet the stock's getting not hit too bad. That's an interesting one because it's got that average monthly users that I like, over 100 million. Take two, or, uh, take, as does Expedia, by the way. Um, take two, interactive software. Um Grand Theft Auto 6, that's what you need to know about them. Stock has been up, 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 up. Um, January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, January. Like, it's been, it's already made a move on Grand Theft Auto 6. And when Take-Two said, you know, next quarter doesn't look so great. But they just pulled in $5 million sales of Grand Theft Auto 5. That game's like 12 years old plus. Like, that's pretty insane. That would be like a movie that you saw 12 years ago, still doing well at the box office every weekend. That gives you an idea of how the entertainment world works in the uh, world of video games. Hey, I would be remiss if not to say it is the weekend of the seven layer dip. Dip your chip in my dip. No, no dip. Dip your your chip in my dip chip. I used to have a friend named Chip and um i used to love teasing with that and it's not even funny right dip your chip in my dip chip in a seven layer dip yum uh you want to get avocados that are ripe go to the grocery store today because we go on saturday or sunday it's gonna be trouble 
begin cheese proofing your house and your couch and your floors and your rugs and your couches. Make sure that any uh, family member that has a glass of red wine <laughs> put in a cup, not in a gla- uh, wine glass. It'll make it tough for them to ruin your house. Big tech has moved its way into multi-billion deals to secure the most lucrative content. Streamers spent $6 billion to give subscribers live sports. The pricey gamble started paying off on with Google's YouTube TV. They said that its first season as the home of the NFL Sunday ticket drove 1.3 million subscribers. And Apple TV's plus MSL deal netted 110,000 signups in a single day. So big TV that we still watch is starting to be dominated by big tech. The Disney, Fox, Warner Brothers, Discovery sports package that they're putting together for either late this year or early next year, probably be 40 to 50 bucks. It's going to have 14 sports channels. Um, most of the ESPNs, Fox 1, Fox Sports 2, TBS, and TNT. That's going to kick a lot of people off cable. More cord cutters are coming to the streamers. There's about 14, 28 million that I can think of between the big two. Uh, of cords of people who are paying for cable internet, uh, not uh, cable TV, not cable internet. And many of those 28 million, not many, um, a portion of those 28 million are coming to this new Disney Fox Warner Brothers Discovery package. Then you get Amazon out there, they're bidding on stuff. Netflix recently did a $5 billion deal with the WWE. Not exactly. A sport in my mind, but yet it keep, it's something that people watch and it's considered a live sport for teenage boys is what I refer to it. 68 million Americans plan to wager $23 billion on the Super Bowl. That's booming. You can bet on Taylor Swift's lipstick color. You can bet on the color shirt she's wearing. You can bet on the coin toss. You can bet on who's going to score the first touchdown. You can bet on who's going to be the MVP. You know it all, right? U.S. sports betting has surged and the Supreme Court struck down a federal ban in 2018. It's making it easier so you don't have to get a bookie. 25 years ago when I got to the Bay Area, not 25 years ago, 23 years ago, I've told myself once, I've told myself a million times not to exaggerate. Um, I had a friend who's like, you want to bet on the Super Bowl? I got a bookie. I'm like, really? I don't need to bet that badly. And now it's as easy as getting on a virtual private network and jumping online. Um, I wonder what's gone. I wonder if the bookie has gone to the unemployment office. I wonder what he's doing for a job these days. The American Gaming Association projected that sports betting topped $100 billion last year, and it's expected to top $200 billion by 2025. Sports gambling is still legal, illegal in California and in Texas, the two most popular states. Um... That's going to change. So, and when it does, sports gambling is going to get bigger. And companies like DraftKings and FanDuel are going to see a percentage of, what percentage of of, of people come their way? FanDuel and DraftKings control 70% of the U.S. online sports betting market. Okay, so now you have a number. Over a third of Americans bet on sporting events, and 19% have an account with an online sports betting service. 
19%. You know what's sad is I do. And you're saying, but you don't bet on sports. I know I don't. I did during um, the pandemic. I got into horse racing and I was really not, I, I don't want to say good at it. I played the best odds possible more often than not. One. And I do like a $2 bet to win 40 cents. Um, I made like 850 bucks and I made like $2,000. And by the time the pandemic was over, my account was up 6,000 plus. Like that's insane. Um, oh, and never, never, ever gamble. And that's the only reason I did was the pandemic to watch something with the spouse, you know? Anyhow, and anyway, big event coming up February 15th. 30. It is the seven steps for retirement readiness with CFP Chad Burton and myself. Can be in Menlo Park, California. We still have room, about 15, 20 spaces. You can sign up at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Are you ready for retirement? Do you have $500,000 or more? Are you 50 to 75 in that range? Do you want to make your assets last in retirement? Do you have enough long-term care? Do you need it? And much, much more. Sign up at Rob Black Show. That's the February 15th, the day after Valentine's Day, Thursday, 630 to 8.30. Think you're in good shape for retirement? Find out how you're really doing with the seven steps for retirement readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors Thursday, February 15th in Menlo Park for a live event. Chad will walk you through these seven steps to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least 500000 in investable assets and want to gauge where your retirement stands, pass on your estate, and create tax efficiencies, this event is for you. The 7 Steps for Retirement Readiness, Thursday, February 15th, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Stanford Park Hotel in Menlo Park. Space is limited, so sign up today at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Can you pass all seven tests sign up online today at robblackshow.com thanks for listening i do appreciate it um i split the show in between the idea of wealth accumulation and wealth management in the world of wealth accumulation you can earn more money you can invest more money you can save more money then you get into things like taxes and tax efficiencies which Trust me, it is probably the most complicated thing a financial planner does for you. And it's really, really cool. I'm in the, I'm not really in the exact position of transferring all my growth into growth and income or income, um, but a, a portion of it for sure. And knowing which tax brackets are going to be the IRS's models and how close am I to triggering one or Lowering myself into a lower tax bracket that lowers my across the board taxes is important. But then also learning, and I'm not at Social Security yet, don't get me that old, but learning how uh, dividends, as well as your income from your employer, as well as your capital gains from selling property or selling stocks, um, and how they all work together uh, with conversions to IRAs to Roths, it's... That's where you really see the value of a financial planner. You could pick an S and P five hundred fund and do well. Um, probably not great, but well. You can you know add in two or three other funds and be a wealth accumulator. But in wealth management, it's a different game. Up to you. 
Anyhow, um, one of the things I'm going to do at the event is tell you a couple of stocks that I'm looking at. The last stock that I bought was Uber last year. Um, I've been looking at a couple other stocks, and a couple of them in the last week or two have started to slip, and now I can buy on a dip. Again, we all love dips, right? You love dips for your chips on Super Bowl Sunday. I love dips for a different reason on stocks. Uh, one of the things I'm going to do to anyone who wants to show up early, I'm going to show up early at the event, and uh, I'll tell you about some of the stock ideas that I have and why. It's one of the things I love doing is talking stocks. So that's going to be 6.30. I'm going to probably show up around 4.30, um, set up some equipment, grab a little bite to eat, uh, make sure everything's going to run smoothly at the Stanford Park Hotel in Menlo Park, California. Um, great event, great location. Last time we're going to be doing the seven steps to retirement readiness. Two-hour event, so show up a little early. Uh, maybe nosh on a little something with me and uh, talk stocks with you, but drop me an email as well if you're going to do that so I know that you're coming. Um, you can sign up at robblackshoe.com. That's robblackshoe.com. Um, let's keep talking about Super Bowls and stuff like that because I think that's kind of fun. We already talked the business of sports betting, and it's gambling is booming. And the players there, are, it's basically DraftKings and FanDuel, Caesars and MGM, and Entertainment. Um, of which ESPN's getting into it too. Don't forget. I remember ESPN a couple months ago talked about making a relationship um, with ESPN Bet. So, pretty interesting stuff with a company uh, called Penn Entertainment's coming over to the ESPN side and leaving the Barstool Sportsbook. So, the business of merch, this is the one that drives me the craziest because I've got a son who loves merch, whether it's concert merch. And we're going to be in Oakland tonight seeing a concert. Um, or whether it, and I love downtown Oakland, by the way. Uh, for those of you who think it has a bad rap, uh, you're just not playing the game right. Anyhow, anyway, great food. Downtown Oakland's amazing restaurants. Anyway, and anyhow, the business of merch, it drives me crazy because my kid likes those $120 jerseys or $200 Nikes or. Does he, does he not have like 20 baseball caps or, you know, it feels like it, right? The world of sports merchandise and collectibles is having an all-star moment right now. The sales of NFL licensed products, $3 billion a year. And the overall trading card business is estimated to be $44 billion. Vintage gear sales, i.e. classic jerseys, have surged as fans splurge for the perfect game fit. The global market for sportswear is expected to be five hundred and twelve. billion billion dollars by the year 2027 that's up seven percent from today now again i'm not going to invest in uh clothing it's not my thing i get it though the mvp is mega merch master called fanatics they pay 300 plus teams and brands for the right to sell official jerseys caps koozies there's tops Mitchell and Ness and rival trading card company Tops. Um, Fanatics has the rights to MLB, NFL, and NBA trading cards. There's a whole thing going on here. In 2022, a jersey worn by Michael Jordan in the 1998 NBA Finals sold for $10.1 million. Ain't that something? I can't imagine having that kind of stupid money. I have. That kind of money, but not that kind of stupid money. If that makes any sense. 
Let's talk about what's happening on Wall Street today. We're playing with S&P 500 closing 5,000. Gains in mega cap stocks are supporting the broader market. Mixed responses to earnings since yesterday's close. Expedia, Pinterest, Bill.com, Affirm, Take Two are all down 5 to 10%, with Expedia down the most, 18%. Now, again, I tend to like travel, of which my investment so far in travel for the long term is a peer of Expedia's. Um. And what do I mean by that? Expedia makes a percentage when you rent a car, rent a hotel room, buy airplane tickets. It's not a lot, but it's a slice. They also own a company called VRBO, which is competing with Airbnb, which is the one that I own. I like Airbnb, but I'll tell you what, I think it's a 5 to 10 to 15 year play, not a one year play. Um, So it's probably my most aggressive name that I own. And always consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned on this show. Because Expedia is down today, announcing a new CEO and a little bit of softness in hotel prices and a little bit of softness in car prices. I didn't see much else wrong with the quarter. Uh, but Airbnb is down 2.2%. Airbnb reports next week, but I expect Airbnb to be hit by the same problems that Expedia is, which is a little bit of a softer travel market than expected. Um, after a very strong rebound post-pandemic. What I like about Airbnb, you may ask, um, many things, but in particular their CEO and secondary, I would say um, they don't own any hotels. They, They rent out your house and they get a cut of that. No property, no mortgages. You see how it works. Big event coming up February 15th. Sign up at robblackshow.com. Don't want to work forever? Check out the retirement planning guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. So I'm going to tell you a quick story. And I know you're going to say, oh, I love stories. Um, the first playoff football game was played in December of 1932. Long before there was an NFL. It was played at Chicago Stadium. Actually, it was the first NFL playoff game, I guess is the right way of saying that, but not the first Super Bowl. The Chicago Bears coached by George Papa Bear Hollis, the team's founder and owner, beat the Spartans of Portsmouth. I know you're saying, what? Portsmouth? What's, where's that? Ohio. Score of nine to nothing. Became the then 12-year-old league's champions. Uh, because the weather outside was so brutally cold and blizzard, the move... Game was moved indoors. It was played in front of about 11,000 people on a 60-yard field that was using dirt and manure left over by a traveling circus. One of the punts hit the stadium's organist, which I think is pretty funny. What are the odds that a punt hits the organist this year at the Super Bowl? Not too good. What are the odds that you're going to see a Chinese company do a big commercial during the Super Bowl. Very good. 100%. Company that I had never really noticed or heard of or cared about because it just kind of missed my radar again and again and again. A company called Timu. Um, I saw a man wearing a jacket at a recent Pints and Portfolio. I'm like, hey, where'd you get that cool jacket? He goes, Timu. And I'm like, what's that? And it's kind of one of those apps that helps you find stuff on sale. Um, it's running a Super Bowl ad on Sunday. It ran one last year. I didn't even notice it. This will be Timu's second ad 
It's underscoring its aggressive parent company, PDD. It's trying to crack the U.S. market. It plans to do an additional $10 million in giveaways on Super Bowl Sunday. It's rare for a Chinese firm to buy a Super Bowl ad, which costs tens of millions of dollars or millions of dollars now. But this will be Tebow's second ad at the event. It ran its first commercial last year, like I said, giving away $5 million in coupons and credits. On the day of the Super Bowl, team who plans to do an additional $10 million in giveaways. The commercial features a young woman amazed at the cheap prices on clothing and accessories. The prices blew my mind, she says. I feel so rich. I feel like a billionaire. I'm shopping like a billionaire. Um, the ad was well-received last year. And again, it's just something like, don't we have enough Amazons and... Rocketons and people that do comparison shopping, like if you have an Acorns account, if you buy it through them, um, you get cash back in your account. Tells you how competitive the ad market is, especially what we saw with Pinterest compared to Meta. Pinterest had a pretty good quarter. Um, Snap had an awful quarter, but the smaller companies didn't have as great of a quarter as Meta did. That should tell you something. YOLO spenders have created a super-duper credit bubble in the United States. Um, this is problematic. Um, we have a lot of debt right now in the United States, and you keep hearing it again and again and again. Uh, credit card debt, mortgage debt, YOLO stands for you only live once and they're the people that are going to get what they deserve. And I hate to say that because it makes me sound mean, but they're looking at a life in retirement of poverty or poverty lines. I feel bad where I was just talking with someone who it's brother and sister and the brother is going to get, well, the mom's going to die. And the only asset the mom really has is $400,000 house the daughter doesn't have enough money to buy out the brother. And the brother says, you know, I'm not taking no for an answer just because my sister married a fool and they're living up their life in their fifties and enjoying it. I, I was saving my money in my twenties, my thirties and my forties and my fifties. And my sister wants the house because while well, she needs it, and he goes, but my mom's clearly leaving it to both of us. And sister wants a place to live because she lives in a trailer. And the brother's like, you're going to have to buy me out. And if it's $400,000 house with a $100,000 mortgage, that means you're going to owe me 150000 of the $300,000 in equity. Um, it's going to be interesting how that one fights out. And it stinks because ideally it wouldn't have been left in the condition of not answered of who gets it, who gets to live in it or who doesn't. How do they fund it? How do they don't? Um, but I myself am the most successful of all my five siblings and it's weird because I, I, I don't feel a lot of guilt. Um, I've extended low cost loans to anyone that wants one, um, family and friends. And when I'm talking like low cost loan, like 3%. So if they need to get into a house, they can do it, but it's not going to be completely free. You know, it's not going to be a go do whatever you want, but today's consumers, known as you only live oncers 
They've taken a massive amount of debt. It's created a big bubble in the pocket of the U.S. economy. U.S. households today have a savings rate of just 3.7%, which is way below the historical norm of 9%. Consumer spending exploded in the fourth quarter of 2023, which we just wrapped up, right? $208 billion extra. Households added a whopping $212 billion to their debt load in that same period of time. That means over 100% of that increase in consumer spending was financed with debt. Consumers are driving 70% of the U.S. economy. If the consumer, especially the you-only-live-oncers, the YOLOs, when they start getting crushed by that weight of debt, it will slow down the economy. We have seen delinquency rise aggressively. Credit card delinquencies with 30-day default rates rose above 8.5% compared to 5.9% a year ago. The more serious 90-day defaults are rising. Delinquency rates for auto loans and mortgage loans have increased as of late. One in every 12 holders of credit cards is missing their payments. So today when you get in line for lunch and you see 12 people, one in 12 of them are missing their payments and yet they're still eating. This becomes a real big problem when unemployment hits 8, 9, 10%. Right now we're at a record, a near historic low of 3.7%. Um, it can't get much better in the employment, and yet the debt is getting much worse. So today when we talk about the S&P 500 closing at 5000 congratulations. You probably have money in a, a mutual fund, hopefully in a 401k that's geared towards the S&P 500. I have something like that for sure. I have a lot of stocks that are in the S&P 500. I think I have six of the seven magnificent seven. Today we're seeing the S&P 500 up 12, sitting at 5,010. Will it close above it or not? That's a big day. Typically after it does, it pulls back after a big number. Kind of goes a little bit lower, kind of celebrates the win. So people take a little money off the table. And it has to take out a second time to show that it really deserves to be there. I think we deserve to be here. We've had a great earnings season. Solid growth in earnings, revenue, outlooks are okay. Not every company. Um, but the guys doing most of the carrying of the, the, the ball right now are companies like NVIDIA. Uh, hey, coach, put me in. I'm NVIDIA. I'm a semiconductor company. Today, NVIDIA, believe it or not, hit yet another 52-week high. Up 20 points, up 2.87%. This is a company I bought during the last downturn in the market of 2022. I've owned it over the last 20 years at various levels. Um, It's a GPU maker. I play video games. My kids play video games. I understand GPUs. They took massive advantage of the boom in cryptocurrency. They took massive advantage of the boom in AI. One day the stock will fall. Earlier this year, I said, I have no problem with it going to 700. When it was at 500 and 400 went down. Now it's at 717. It's too much, too fast, too many winners. I want to be surprised if it pulls back 10%. Um, It's not trading at crazy levels. Uh, Compared to a year ago, it's now trading slightly above last year's um, quant numbers that I like to look at, like PE, price to sales ratio, because AI really has taken off. And companies like Meta, 
are spending as much money as they can. Tesla is spending as much money as they can to get as many chips as possible. Today, NVIDIA says that they're setting up a new business inside their company that's going to be tied towards making chips for AI tied towards the cloud. Um, and they're going to be bespoke chips designed for your company in particular. Interesting, right? Man, do the good have it good. Um, now, with the markets where they are, the SP 500 just cracked 5,000. You can't count on stellar returns. And again, I got an email from someone at the start of 2024, and he was like, I don't know if I need a financial planner because I just had a great 2023. And I was like, how were your returns in 2022? Um, it's something CFP Chad Burton's been talking about a lot recently is how 2022, if you invested in a value Vanguard fund, the same amount of money that you invested in the Magnificent Seven um, or the SP 500, that you actually came out better because you lost less in 2022 on the value and you got dividends. 30. Now those numbers are up for debate and those numbers are up for change on a constant level, especially when you sprint so far so fast. But how did you do in 2022 is the bigger question. And how's your portfolio has it re completely recovered from 2022? There's still companies like Amazon that hasn't completely recovered, if you see what I'm saying. Anyway, big event, February 15th. It's in Menlo Park. It's on the seven steps of retirement readiness. Does your portfolio have enough grit in it to survive a downturn? Do you have enough long-term care? Do you have your taxes under control? Social Security figured out. Sign up for the big event, Menlo Park, 630 to 830, Thursday the 15th at com. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. So when Disney, Warner, and Fox do put together a streaming package of sports, it's going to take away from traditional cable, and there'll be more cord cutters. But what's interesting to note, when you start looking at that $50 for that sports package, it's a good package. It's, it's thorough, TNT, TBS. You get access to some news channels. Fox Sports 1, Fox Sports 2. ESPN, like there's like five ESPNs that are thrown in there, ACC and SEC networks. Um, and you throw in something like a Hulu that gives you the 24-7 news coverage that you want on ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox. You're looking at basically, uh, you know, $110, $120, which is what you were looking at as a bundle of all those services before the streamers got involved. And you still have to have that $100 internet package to get fast downloads so we're still spending about 200 dollars a month on, on tv and internet right uh. so today we're seeing gains in mega cap stocks we're seeing the market play with sp 5000 will it close above it uh, there were some relatively friendly annual cpi revisions nothing to really write home about in my opinion um, as far as economic data goes, total CPI in December, for instance, was revised up two-tenths of a percent from the previously reported up three-tenths of a percent. The core was left unrevised. Uh, the January CPI is going to re be released on February 13th, which is next Tuesday, or this Tuesday is the right way of saying that, right? China reported a big jump in new loans and total social financing in January. They're doing stimulus. Their loan market is dead. So the government stepping in and helping, that's never a good thing. It's like uh, you and your children. Do you want to see your children 
get out of college and get a job and struggle and get an apartment on their own? Or do you want to be paying for their apartment for them? Ideally, they would get it on their own, right? Realistically, I don't know about that. Elon Musk once spent a million dollars on a super rare McLaren F1, but crashed it trying to impress Peter Thiel, um, which I think is kind of funny. Uh, the car was uninsured, by the way. <laughs> that would make me go out and want to become a billionaire if I crashed a million-dollar car. I don't need a billion-dollar car to be cool. Um, I've got a Toyota pickup, and uh, it's funny because every now and then I'll pick up my kids and from soccer and sports and stuff with it. And uh, they go, I love your truck, Dad. I go, me too. So I think it's comfortable. I'm like, I agree. So a couple weeks from now, I'm going to go get some sod. I'm going to go get some manly stuff. You'll see me out and breaking a sweat. The Apple Vision Pro, it's it's spectacular. Um, the demo is unbelievable. I still feel like the first generation should be passed on. They've got 600 plus apps out there. So there's things to do with it. Um, but it, it is having some problems with password issues. Um, trying to reset your password, you have to have a $300 cord, um, which doesn't make sense. They got to figure that one out because you can reset your own iPad. You could reset your own watch. Why can't you reset your own Apple Vision Pro? Um, the visual experience in movies is all that in a bucket of chicken. Now, again, I always look at things on cost per use. You know, we bought a $1,000 ping pong table and we end up playing 100 games. That's $10 per use, right? Um, $3,500 pair of goggles, how much per use is it going to get? So I'd like to see that come down in price in the second generation, a good $1,000. Uh, maybe they can sacrifice some of the higher end features and swap in some lower end features and sensors and such. Anyhow, um, it's a really good product and it's not, it's, it's going to work on some levels. Um, the first watch that came out, people were like, nope. Not interested. The first iPhone. Nope, not interested. Uh, I think it'll do well. I don't think it's going to be... Every kid will have one, though, you know? Netflix has won the streaming wars. Um, in many people's opinion. But don't overlook YouTube. The Google platform beats Netflix in viewing and in ads. It's also winning in areas important to younger people, which could be devastating to Hollywood. Last night, I watched, um, who's the guy? Oh, gosh, now I'm going to drop the name on this guy. Barry Keegan? Barry Keegan? Um, Irish actor? Is that his name? Yeah, Barry. I don't know how I'm saying his name and last name right now. He's an Irish actor, but I watched Hot Ones with him. And he's a compelling, oddly looking young man. He was in Dunkirk. He was in Mammal. He was in Saltburn. He's in the Masters of Air. So 30 minutes of my TV viewing time last night went to Hot Ones on YouTube. And I want to say, don't underestimate YouTube. Netflix added 13.1 million subscribers for a total of more than 260 million, leaving second place Disney Plus with 111 million. YouTube's dominance is hurting the competitors. YouTube is winning hands down in time watched on the big screen. That metric matters to big brand advertisers because they don't want to run ads on your little six inch phone. They want to run ads on your 60 inch television. The advantage isn't lost on Netflix co-founder and CEO 
Reed Hastings, who's name-checked YouTube as a threat to Netflix. YouTube is winning in areas that matter to Generation Z. Generation Z enjoys user-generated video almost as much as TV and movies. My kids enjoy watching Mr. Beast and others. Um, my kids don't know who, you know, they don't know one show on ABC, NBC, CBS, or Fox. They can't name one show. So YouTube has become a media giant without Hollywood content, so they're not paying for a lot for the content. They still have some original content. But most of that money is going to people like Mr. Beast and, you know, not Martin Scorsese, so to speak. Anyhow, and anyway, um, I do like that show Hot Ones. It's not the best show, but it's entertaining to watch people eat spicy food and talk about their lives with better interview questions than what you see on ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox. Hey, big event coming up. I don't want to leave you without mentioning Seven Steps Retirement Readiness. I need your support to impress my bosses. Menlo Park, California, February 15th, 6.30 to 8.30, Seven Steps for Retirement Readiness. It's a Thursday evening. You can sign up at robblackshow.com. It's the Seven Steps for Retirement Readiness. Um, a lot of things hit on it. Sign up at robblackshow.com, February 15th, 6.30 to 8.30. Think you're in good shape for retirement? Find out how you're really doing with the seven steps for retirement readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors Thursday, February 15th in Menlo Park for a live event. Chad will walk you through these seven steps to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least 500000 in investable assets and want to gauge where your retirement stands, pass on your estate, and create tax efficiencies, this event is for you. The 7 Steps for Retirement Readiness, Thursday, February 15th, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Stanford Park Hotel in Menlo Park. Space is limited, so sign up today at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Can you pass all 7 tests? Sign up online today at robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.